Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Do it live. Okay. Well, do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Essential Show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world, the barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight via phone call or email, I welcome you to do one, both, or neither. Just lay out and listen to the show's entertainment and education value as it rolls. But here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 13 minutes from now. It is the second Tuesday of the month of a new year in 2021 is rapidly coming to a close. We get our first visit of Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We have some breaking news that we'll be discussing here. Uh, somewhat off the top, uh, we will also be getting an update that we might get now monthly updates from. As you would recall, a couple months ago, Meathead unveiled here on the show that he was getting into the rub and barbecue sauce business. And I said, why would you get into the rub and barbecue sauce business? Ten years ago, I could see it, but there are a lot of barbecue rubs. There are a lot of barbecue sauces. The likes you've never seen, even on grocery shelves before there was... Just a very small portion of an aisle. Mine is where the bread is for some reason. But now the whole opposite side of the aisle of bread is nothing but barbecue and grilling stuff and marinades and all that. So we'll see what Meathead has to report as far as updates are concerned. At last count, I believe he was doing uh, two or three rubs and perhaps a couple different sauces. So we'll see what stayed the same, what's changed, and how that whole process is going along. We'll also talk about couch gating and some other things as well. So if you have a question for Meathead and you would like to jump in over the phone, you're more than welcome to do that. 216-220-0966. Or you can send us an email or social media request and we'll go ahead and answer those as well. And that's Meathead in the first hour. Then we'll move into the second hour. And we have a first-time guest, a newest sponsor of the show. I mentioned them last month or last week for the first time. It's a company called Vortic Watches or Vortic Watch Company. And one of the co-founders, R.T. Custer, will be joining me. So while the show is usually about barbecue and grilling, sometimes we will diverge. And one of my other 
favorite pastimes besides barbecue and grilling is watches. And I wouldn't say I have any type of real extensive collection. I don't have Rolexes and JLCs by the boatloads or anything like this, but I can appreciate a good watch. And I have started to become a little bit more of a student of the watch game and learning about all the manufacturers and the conglomerates that are owning a bunch of the more well-known, let's call it mid-level to high-end slash luxury watch companies. And then there's a whole other thing that we're going to learn about with RT. And I don't know if a lot of people are aware, or maybe if you are aware, you're well-advanced in years, but the United States was quite a watch manufacturer back in the day, except they weren't watches that lived on your wrist like this. They were ones that went into your vest pocket, or they called pocket watches back then. So we'll learn a little bit about the history of American watches. We'll talk about how RT got into his particular watchmaking business, where they are pretty much preserving pieces of American history and transforming them from how they would have normally lived 80, 90, 100 years ago on a pocket watch type setting into a wristwatch, what they manufacture there in Colorado and what they source, a whole bunch of good stuff. Plenty of weeds that I could go into that I'm going to try and reserve so I don't bore everybody to death. But typically, if it's interesting to me, that's all I care about and I'll talk about. But I'm going to try and temper the first round of interviews here so at least we get a good high-level education of what's going on from a watch perspective. And then maybe if you're interested, you check out the website and go from there. Vortic Watches, RT Custer at 1014. And then we will close out the show this evening with something I have never done on the show, something I had never even thought of having to do on the show. It has to do with a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame, and the banning of a current Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. In fact, as we look back on all of the inductees since 2018, this would be a member from the inaugural class of 2018 when we originally rolled it out. And it's something that I've thought long and hard about and something I am convicted about. So I'm going to share that with you and my reasoning behind it. And then, of course, I will always ask for your feedback through email over the course of the week. Or I guess you could uh, react to it instantly if you're watching here live tonight. But certainly welcome your reaction as always. So that's how the show's setting up this evening. Meathead coming up here shortly. R.T. Custer from Vortic Watches. And then a banning of a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. Don't forget you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snappy Chat at BBQ Central Show, Facebook and Twitter, slash BBQ Central Show, and a video simulcast as well on YouTube, slash RD Rempe. So I have a new lineup announcement that will be starting the third Tuesday of the month, so that's actually going to be next week. Although the lineup that I have compiled for the third Tuesday of the month going through uh, the uh, first quarter of the year uh, potentially through the rest of the year as a trial is going to be a little different. So normal third Tuesday of the month, regular guest Stephen Reichlin remains in his usual 19 or a 19, 914 spot. But the 1014 spot, I'm going to try something a little different. We're going to shake it up a little bit. And I'm doing what is called quarterly guests. And I have locked in the last one today. I spent the better part of a week and a half to two weeks trying to get all this stuff locked in together. So I had something to unveil to you on a Tuesday 
once I had everything all set up, and that happened over the weekend. Actually, uh, the last one just confirmed uh, about four or five hours ago. So this is what it's going to look like, aside from next week, because the third Tuesday was already upon us by the time everything got locked down, and I had already filled the first third Tuesday, the first third Tuesday of a month, and quarters, you know, it's three months, and every quarter, four quarters here in the calendar year. So it's not going to be this month, but starting in April, then again in July, then again in October. You know her from owning the business Hardcore Carnivore. Jess Priles will be a recurring quarterly guest on the show. Then February, and then again in May, and then again in August, and then again in November. You've seen her on TV a bunch of times, whether she's a contestant or a judge, and you know her mostly through her dynamic social media presence of Hey Grill Hey, Susie Bullock will also be a recurring quarterly guest. And perhaps her husband, Todd, who I have an affinity for. And then March and June and September and December, closing out 2021. I'm saying December now, but believe me, it's going to be here before you know it. Because as I said before, 2021 is rapidly coming to a close. And this is somebody that I have tried to get quarterly for like the last two years, and it has totally been my fault for not booking. Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly has agreed to a regularly quarter, a regular quarterly visit as well. So changing up that third Tuesday of the month at 1014, we now have three quarterly guests that will be recurring. Jess Priles, Susie Bullock, and Daniel Vaughn. So looking forward to all of that fun stuff. And some really good, unique and different opinions all the way through that list of three. So looking forward to starting that off in February with Susie. Then we'll go Daniel, and then it'll be full on with uh, Jess Pryle starting in April. Listener feedback from Steve that says, Sorry, Greg, I'm a little behind, but heard your show the other night through podcast with the embedded correspondence about your favorite shows of 2020. Mine is the episode on October 20th, The Origin Story of Stephen Reichler. I enjoyed most of your origin stories. Really like Stevens and Sam's and Meatheads and Malcolm's. Rusty was very interesting, too. I didn't really care for Doug or Derek's. And I know Doug has been uh, been with you for a long time. But there's something about him that just rubs me the wrong way. Uh Really? One was an episode where you all were talking about competitions and he kept referring to the general public as buzzards, or maybe it was vulture, something like that. You and Rusty, who also competes, said something to him about that. Enough ranting. Saw your stats on Instagram and I will say, I am not looking for a mask. I listen to a boatload of barbecue podcasts and yours by far is the best. Thank you, Steve, for writing it. Meathead is in the green room, and he is ready to launch when we come back. I'll talk to you quickly about the gang over at Big Papa Smokers, Sterling Ball, and all those fine folks over there on the West Coast. Sterling has curated everything on that website himself. He's had input. He's had a hand in selecting or recommending. He's got those great seasonings and rubs like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Sweet money and regular, I just said sweet money, yeah, regular money also, aside from sweet money. 
Hallelujah, Desert Gold, Double Secret Steak Rub, all ones that I use on a regular basis. If you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue, you know, you can't go wrong with the stuff that Big Papa Smokers is providing. Aside from that, he's the owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce as well. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everyone, why not give Granny's a try? Also, he's selling cookers. That's right. Some of the best pellet cookers and charcoal cookers out there on the market today. How about that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill? Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Try the old Hickory Ace BP. Why not? It's the only charcoal cooker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, how about this? Pick up the phone. A lot of people don't do that anymore. But pick up the phone and call and ask questions. They're there to answer your questions. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B I G P O. PPA smokers.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Maybe they'll send you an extra free gift. Who knows? All right, we have Meathead locked and loaded. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. I'm going to get here. What do I do with it? Oh, here it is. You know what happens when it's the second Tuesday of the month? We get a little taster here of one of the most dynamic and uh, cool theme songs that are Sweeping the nation, of course, that is coming from Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead. Hello, Greg, and hello, Centralites. Good to see you again, huh? How's them Browns doing? Well, the Browns are in the playoffs. I don't know if anybody knew that or not. But we're quite a, evidently, we're quite a dynamic football team, and I lost quite a hefty full packer Wagyu brisket bet to a writer over at The Athletic earlier in the year when I had the Browns marked for no more than five wins this season. And really? he quickly took that bet. And then at win number six, I called my pal Kevin Green over at the butcher shop and shelled out a hundred plus dollars for that Ooh. Wagyu brisket, which Andy proceeded to cook pretty much directly and sang all of its praises. So I think, you know, the good news is we have a new customer for the butcher shop. The bad news is that one did hit the pocketbook. And uh, I guess shame on me for not buying in like every Browns fan has ever done for years and years since 99 of decades of just tragic football. And I thought, hey, I can 
pass, what do they say? Past performance is not indicative of future results. Well, when you mm-hmm. eat poop sandwiches, Meathead, since 1999, a man can only eat so much poop. So I said, I, and I thought five was pretty fair. I mean, it's not like zero or one like we have pulled off very recently. Five was you know, pretty okay. I would have been all right with that, but no, no. And so a brisket it cost me, but now we are into the second round of the playoffs yeah, to play the Chiefs. Yeah, you're deep in the playoffs. Yes, and I think I was listening to some pretty knowledgeable national football people, and they are making somewhat of a case for the Browns having a legitimate shot at taking down the Chiefs next weekend. No. I'm just telling <laughs> you what they said. The last seven games, they were wins. Uh, some of them were against some pretty bad teams. You know, two-point mm-hmm. wins, four-point wins, nothing more than a six- or seven-point win. And the Browns don't have a problem putting points on the board, but it's the keeping the points off the board that has been mm-hmm. an Achilles heel. But, geez. Uh, I mean, COVID has been uh, really decimating the Browns like a lot of other teams. So who knows what team we have even showing up on the roster week to week. It's it's ever-changing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I got a confession to make. I'm a, I'm a closeted Browns fan. Um, when I was in <laughs> high school. all coming out now. <laughs> yeah, I was in high school. Uh, Brian Sipe used to write a weekly column. Yeah. In the newspaper, Brian Sipe was a quarterback. The Cardiac Kids. Red Right 88. And uh, uh, he wrote a weekly column, which was sort of technical about football. And I was a high school football player. And uh, I found it fascinating. And, of course, even before that, Jim Brown was just very special to watch. And I'm old enough to have watched him. Uh, So... Uh, I, you know, I lived in Florida until uh, my mid twenties, and then I moved to Chicago, and so I'm now a hopeless Bears fan. Yeah. Bears have taken the place of the Browns. <laughs> well, I mean, you were in the wild card game at least. Uh, the the lack they of quarterback isn't that great. They didn't but, I mean, the By the way, Meathead, I don't want you to uh, sell yourself short on your football prowess. Dare I say, if you uh, weren't familiar, this is Paper Gator we're talking to right here. Oh, Paper you know Gator. that story. That's right. You know, <laughs> yes. It was, uh, you, you, had a, you had a huge stat is, line. Very short version is, is I was the sports editor of the University of Florida campus paper, the Florida Alligator, and uh, I uh, somehow talked the head coach to letting me dress for spring training and report on how the Gators were. And they gave me the locker next to Jack Youngblood, who's now in the Hall of Fame, oh, yeah. both college and professional. He was 6'7", I was 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, and he used to rest his elbow on my helmet. And I got some good stories out of that, wrote some good articles, uh, including the very last play of the game. Uh, they, uh, I had been practicing as safety the whole game. They put me in at linebacker and uh, ran right at me. <laughs> I, I dove for the center's ankles just to protect myself, and the running back tripped over me for a one-yard loss. So my record as a linebacker in the swamp is one tackle yes. for a one-yard loss. Look at that guy. Where is that professional contract? We're still waiting for that. <laughs> Meathead, uh, let me ask you something because I just read this coming into the show here. Uh, it wasn't the piece that you had sent me about some breaking Weber news that we'll cover here in just a second and, and your thoughts on that. 
but uh, I and forgive me if I'm saying this gentleman's name wrong, but is it Phil Vettel? Phil Vettel retires from the Chicago Tribune after 41 years of being the dining oh, critic. Vettel, yes. Vittel. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So he he retires uh, just recently, and I was wondering if you had any interaction with him and. How much of a um, like a presence back in the day that kind of a position he, held? He's been the restaurant critic for our paper for many many years. Um, was uh, uh, anonymous for many many years. A couple of years ago, it became impossible for him to remain anonymous. So he, uh, like some other restaurant critics, uh, allowed his identity to be seen. But um, we. Just as traumatic as we just lost Blair Kamen, who was the Pulitzer Prize winning architecture critic at the Chicago Tribune. This was once a great paper. You know, I wrote for them back in the uh, 80s. I think so. I, I did three year gig as their wine critic. And, you know, the paper was a real broadsheet. It was much bigger than it is today. Uh, it was one of the great American papers, along with the New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times, San Francisco Chronicle, Cleveland Plain Dealer. And, uh, um, you know, so many of them have gone downhill. Uh, there's a few that are still thriving. Um, uh, the New York Times is still doing remarkably well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just really hard for these papers to maintain quality people and pay them what they should pay them. So the restaurant critic who's been there for many years and the architecture critic, uh, both, uh, stepping down, uh, just, a, another nibble at the foundation of the, uh, uh, the fifth estate, the, the credible media, um, the people, the reporters, the journalists who know how to research and gather facts and report them uh, properly. Hmm. Uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining us here on the show. So you had sent me a link moments before we jumped on the air, and it was breaking news, and the headline reads, Weber buys Smart Oven Company June. Uh, I've never heard of June. Uh, June will continue to develop new ovens and accessories, but uh, I'm, I'm anxious to hear why Weber would have acquired a smart oven company and a startup. Um, June is the company that Weber partnered with to build the software for their smoke fire. <laughs> the smoke fire is Weber's first pellet smoker that came out about a year ago uh, with yeah. a great deal of controversy, and you and I have discussed it. Um, and uh, uh, a major feature of it was uh, an app that Weber had billed as really cutting edge. And uh, unfortunately, when they introduced the machine, the app wasn't quite re ready and it's been slowly upgrading. And uh, Weber has gone from an, um, a foundry, if you will, uh, an, an equipment manufacturer. Hardware. Um, to, uh, to being a software company and so they partnered with this company june i think they're in san francisco and june had expertise in app development and uh particularly in predictive uh an analogs and such for cooking and they were working on this oven um there's several of these new 
combi ovens coming on the market. And they're going to be very interesting. Um, these combi, the, the new combi ovens, uh, there are right now they're, they're countertop ovens, but they'll eventually become built in. But they have convection oven, regular heating. They have cameras built in so that they can look at the color of the meat and they can, you know, watch the color of your bark. They can um, sense um, uh, temperature in and around and uh, uh, they have uh, all manner of timers and um, probes. You can insert probes, predictive technology. You can look at it and it'll say uh, your roast will be done at 534, um, that sort of thing. And many of them, the combi oven is also, um, they control humidity. And um, barbecue people know something about this, but not enough. And that is the humidity inside an oven and a barbecue pit or a grill is just an oven uh, with a lousy thermostat. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, humidity inside that oven can really control um, a lot of things about the heating properties of the food, as well as the moisture content of the food. Um, Anova, the um, the uh, sous vide company, they make uh, the Anova sous vide um, pr uh, device. They have a new one that's pretty far along, and it's coming on the market. I think it's already on the market at anova.com. You can check them out. Um, I think we're going to see more of these, and June is working on one. I don't know if they've delivered it yet, but their software is the software that's inside the, the uh, app for Weber. And I think Weber just decided, you know, if we're going to roll the dice on app-driven cookers, we ought to own the software and we ought to own the company that wrote the software. I don't know if they bought them for the grill for the oven as much as for the software although the oven is an interesting product and you know weber is in the cooking business so why not have a high-tech oven that works on the same app as their smoke fire so you know once you use the app for one you can use it for the other it makes perfect sense and there's some synergy there um i uh, had a conversation with kevin coleman there uh executive chef the other day. He was a guest on the Pitmaster Club Happy Hour. We had a little two-hour conversation um, webinar the other day on um, cold weather cooking, and Kevin was one of our guests. And uh, I, I, I got on to one of my favorite topics. You've heard me mention this. Um, uh, we now have pellet grills, smokers, that are thermostat controlled. You set it, forget it. You can even program a sequence of temperatures and a taper off right. and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and you have thermostat controls for charcoal grills now. And that's going to dovetail into the next topic we're going to take up. Um, but uh, why can't we have a thermostat for a gas grill? Why? Um, a few years ago, my GE oven ther thermostat died. I uh, went online and I found a replacement part for 30 bucks and I installed it myself. It wasn't hard and I'm not mechanically inclined. Why can't we put a $30 addition onto a gas grill and be able to set it for 
225 and walk away. Um, uh, this, I think, would appeal to a lot of people, particularly people who are um, uh, accustomed to indoor cooking. And outdoor cooking is so hard to do. <coughs> so hard to do. So um, he, he kind of chuckled and said, oh, maybe something will happen, which caught me off guard. I didn't expect to hear that. So maybe Weber's got a thermostat gas grill in the pipeline. Do you have any speculation on why we haven't seen anything like that in a gas grill up to, it's complicated up to this point? it's complicated because you've got four burners in in your indoor oven you've got one burner so you can set a thermostat and you've got just one box and uh, you're not you, you're not dealing with two zone cooking you're not trying to sear in an oven warm air you know this is a topic that i can ramble on for hours you can't sear in an oven. And, you know, I hear from people with Kamados all the time. Oh, my Kamado goes up to 600 degrees. Good. That's wonderful. You can't sear for shit. You need infrared radiation to sear. You need glowing coals, flame you, 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 to, to, to sear. Um, so there, there are, it's more complicated on a grill than it is an oven. So, I mean, in essence, you would need a, grill where the burners would be turning off and coming back on just like you would in an oven. And that's just not technology that's in any of these grills yeah, at this point. I don't think it's insurmountable. I've not really put my pen to paper and tried to design it myself because that's not something I'm skilled at, but I'm sure that the people that perhaps at June can do this. They can develop a technique that will turn burner one on and burner two off and burner two to low and then to medium and and they can keep the heat in the indirect zone and what you want it and you know that so is this it shouldn't be is this why uh, the other product that we were going to be talking about and uh, to be fair uh, i don't know anything about it other than what i've seen and i've been able to land a, uh, an interview with the owner of this company next yeah, tuesday at ten thirty-five. the company's uh, called spark grill and this has a thermostatic control, as you had mentioned. However, yeah. uh, this is not a gas grill. This is a charcoal of some type driven grill. So it's not gas, as you had mentioned, but uh, this is kind of a step in that direction. Yeah. Um, Spark is a new grill. Um, our, we have a full-time grill tester on our team, Max Good. He's been a guest on your show before. Um, I mean, <laughs> is that a great job description? He's got a better job than I have. Yeah. I mean, the guy the guy tests grills for a living. Um, he has one right now. And uh, when you asked me if I could address the subject today, I knew a little bit about it because I'm the one who stumbled into it and asked Max to take a look at it. And so he's gotten one and he's unboxed it and he's read the manual and he's starting to play with it. And we talked about it today. And, and I've got some insight into it. Let me uh, let me describe what the spark is because it is very different, and I would say uh, somewhat revolutionary. Um, uh, it's a very cool concept. It sells for about a thousand bucks, but right now they're discounting it to seven forty nine with some packaged things or eight forty nine and I think Max said that he saw it for a while during the holiday season at five ninety nine wow um, so it's being discounted um, available only online at the top moment 
Um, it looks like a PK grill, and if you can pull it, put it up, pull it up. The PK and the the Spark, they're you know they're kind of jelly bean shaped, um, uh, but it's 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 a double layer. They claim it has a layer of ceramic inside for insulation and porcelain coated. Uh, that's pretty serious stuff. Uh, this cooking surface is about 368 square inches, enough for 12 burgers, they say. Cast iron grates. It's got a little shelf on the side. But it the, 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 the cool thing is, is that it has a thermostat built in. There's a knob on the front. You have to plug it into the wall. The whole thing is, uh, it depends on electricity. But it burns charcoal. Um, and there's a knob on the front, and you turn the knob, and uh, it ignites the charcoal. You set it for a temperature. It tells you when it hits that temperature. There's an app that comes with it, um, and the charcoal that it uses is not a normal charcoal. It's a they, they call it a brick. It, it it it's it's about the size of my book here. Yeah, you know? I got a picture of it up on the web. Or you got up it on, on the, the screen right now. Yeah, and I don't know what the exact dimensions, but it's around eight and a half by eleven inches. One solid slab of charcoal with holes drilled in it, and um, there's an igniter underneath it. They claim it ignites quickly, but they recently sent out a notice to um, owners that some people are encountering problems igniting it. Um, uh, they're not quite sure why. They're trying to figure it out. Um, uh, and uh, they recommend that in cold climate, you keep the charcoal indoors, not outdoors where it's really cold. So there's, you know, some bugs right out of the gate. Um, but they've got this big book size charcoal briquette and they have three different types of briquettes. One for low, one for medium, one for high temperature cooking. And uh, that seems weird to me because you might want to start at a low temp or end at a high temp or vice versa. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Oh, Max will know better, and you should probably book him one time in the next few weeks after he's had a chance to work with it. He usually takes about a month to really beat up on a device like this. Um, but... Uh, um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it's cl clever, you know, it's one of these things that you're going to spend a thousand bucks, 800 bucks on discount and God forbid they go out of business. You can't get the charcoal anymore. I suppose you might be able to get Kingsford briquettes or something to work, but I don't know. I looked at the, um, uh, the manual and their videos it doesn't look like it's easy to set up in a two-zone system. And I think any grill, any grill, and this is one of my problems with round Kamados, all grills should be able to be set up in two zones. This is why rectangular shapes are great. You can, I mean, like the, like the PK, you can put all the coals on one side, none on the other side. Now you have two zones. You have two zones, you have temperature control. Cooking is all about controlling temperature. Um, they say you can get two zone, but the hot zone is a circle in the center. So you're not going to put a pork butt off in a second zone. Um, you can insert a deflector plate like you do on a Kamado yep. to get a more even low temp cook. Um, so it, it, it's just an interesting concept, whether it will last, whether the, it, it's going to need multiple levels of revision 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of wish I had had a chance to talk to him and say, please. Right now, that brick goes in the center, yes. right in the center. Right in the center. So there's just no way to get a hot side and a, and a not hot side. I you know, wish I could have talked him out of that. But, um, you know, it's an interesting step. We love to cook. We want to cook well. We want temperature control. Um, this is uh, kind of like building in the barbecue guru hmm. to a Weber kettle or a PK grill. And, and it also comes with probes, by the way. It comes with, you can plug them in and the probes talk with, to the app with Bluetooth. All right. Well, so um, we're going to be talking with the owner next week, and then uh, we'll, we'll give Max a couple weeks to pound around on it, and then we'll have him back on, and we can talk to him about what he thinks and go from there. We're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, we're going to take a break here real quick, and then we'll go ahead and catch up on the rub and sauce biz that you were recently into. So stand by, and we will be right back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Southside has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, offering premium Central Texas barbecue products slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in their on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available, shipping nationwide through FedEx or through food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you do something brand new. Private label opportunities are also available. When you're visiting southsidemarket.com and you have everything in your checkout basket, you can save 10% off your entire order each and every time when you use promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ C E N T R A L, BBQ Central, one word, lowercase. And you can save 10% off your entire order at southsidemarket.com each and every time. We are back with more Meathead from amazingribs.com. Stick around, we'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit at Amazon.com as well. And we are... Rejoined once again by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. So what was it, a month or two ago, Meathead, you had mentioned that you had decided you were partnering or uh, sourcing through Old World Spices, which is one of the premier and renowned rub and sauce Mm -hmm. manufacturers out there in this type of uh, niche today. And uh, you had mentioned just kind of an introductory of uh, getting into it, and you were working on the Memphis uh, dust, I think, at that point, and I'm wondering, you know, where last year was it? Last year, I think it was last <laughs> year. We uh, maybe it was the year before. I forget. Um, uh, maybe it was. Uh, who the fuck knows? I was following a guy by the name of Dion Blumenrader who was trying to bring a sauce to market. I did it for the whole year, once a quarter. We started right at the beginning of the year. I think it was 2019, going into 2000. Now that I think about it, and he was just. 
you know, a ham and egger like me and you. and uh, Well, more like me and not you. And uh, he wanted to get this sauce to market. And everybody told him how great it was. And you got to get it onto the store shelves. And I contacted him and said, boy, I would really love to track this once a quarter. And we did it. And it ended up kind of flopping for him, and he had, you know, went into some debt and didn't really recover, and oh, he had some issues oh, with the uh, the uh, the sauce and the recipe, and he made some sacrifices that I think he regretted, and blah blah blah. So a uh, long way to go to say it, it probably would be interesting now that I think about it that as you come on for your monthly visits to get updates and see if you are running into similar trials and tribulations that some of the other folks that we've had on that are in the rub and sauce business have. So where are you at right now? Hopefully we don't follow that path. Um, well, um, years ago, years ago, um, I was told that we ought to get into the sauce and rub business. And I said, absolutely not. Why would I compete with Malcolm Reed and Mark Lambert? And every barbecue joint in America Everybody. has their sauce in a bottle next to the cash register. Why would I do that? And then about two, three years ago, I went to Kansas City. And while I was there, I visited Old World Spices with the idea of learning more about spices. And particularly, I'm interested in their solubility. Um, what dissolves so spices and uh, what's the best solvents and stuff. And I'm meeting with them, and the, uh, the Jerry, the technical guy, uh, shows me the lab. Oh, my God, it's incredible. Every site, spice and seasoning known to man. Marco Polo would just roll over in his grave if he saw this. And we tasted a few of them. It was, And they had a, a team of bright, young food scientists, and it blew me away. And I learned a lot. And as I'm walking out, Amy... Uh, the vice president comes up and says, you know, Meathead, you ought to have a line of spices and rub uh, rubs and, and sauces. I said, nah, I'm not going into competition in that field. I, I'm a website. I know what I do. I do it well. I'm going to make it better. I'm not getting outside my, uh, my, my, my safety zone. And she says, well, yeah, here's something to think about. You get almost 2 million people a month come to that website. And they know you the brand and they right. know the name. If you put rubs and sauces on the shelf, they would immediately have more brand recognition than almost anything. I mean, maybe Stubbs and a few others would, would, would be better known brands, but you would outshine all these other rubs and sauces made by these barbecue teams and competitors and restaurants that nobody's ever heard of. And that just kind of stuck. And I thought, well. You mean no, somebody maybe. making you feel good about yourself was going to make you do something you might not otherwise want to do, Meathead? Yeah, oh, yeah. maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe right. a little ego got there. She's the but vice I, president I, I, of sales, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, with all, due, with all due respect, Greg, this was two years ago. Sure. And it just sat on my desk for two years. And I mentioned it at a staff meeting with my team. And they all said, yeah, let's do it. Right. And I'm thinking, no, I, I can't take on any more projects. I'm already working seven day weeks. But we, we yacked it up and we thought, okay, what if we take some of the, I mean, like Meatheads Memphis Dust is really popular. I'll, I mean, every time I mention it in social media, dozens of people 
start raving about yes, it. Yes, I've seen it. All the other rubs and sauces. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll try it. So I contact them and we strike a deal. And um, so it's been a fascinating process. Um, we're we're working on two tracks or three tracks right now: rubs, sauces, and label. You've got to design a label. the The brand is is pretty straightforward. It's Meatheads, um, and uh, it's got my ugly face on the cover. Uh, the same picture that's on my book cover, hoping for connection there. The book has sold two hundred fifty thousand copies, um, and. Uh, now we're putting it on the website. The new website, which we'll launch in February, is now going to be named MeatheadsAmazingRibs.com to tie it all together. Meathead the book, Meatheads um, rubs and spices and sauces, and now the website Meatheads. Trying to get brand recognition rolled up in one. So we figured all that out. We got the label. Uh, it's we, we've struck. We've settled upon a design. If we had screen sharing, I'd show the label here. Um, Don't you but, have a bottle um, of it? Well, this is not the final label. This this, this is like the label. Yeah. But uh, this one makes me look like some sort of god with the uh, halo around me. God and uh, maybe a little bit of Colonel Sanders. Yeah, well, the Colonel Sanders thing, I don't mind. Yeah, of course. It's like I don't mind, but I don't, I don't need a halo. So we've eliminated the halo, but it, it, it looks pretty much like this. It's on a tan paper. Yeah. Very simple um, and uh, no halo. Um, and we, the lettering is a little different than I just showed you, but we've, we've you know, we, 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 we adhere to all. You, got, you know, you've got federal laws. You've got size size requirements for the UPC, oh dear. the Universal Product Code. Sounds expensive. Um, you've got all kinds of fun stuff that you got to do to uh, require. But we, we came up with a fun idea. The past year, we've produced three e-books in Kindle. Right. Um, and uh, there's one on, ru- uh, on, 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 on ribs, yes. one on chicken, Sous-V-Q. and one on sous vide Q. Right. And they all sell for three ninety nine on um, uh, on Kindle on Amazon. And so we thought, well, what if we gave people, you know, the cost of an ebook is zero. I mean, it's in producing the original copy, which we've paid for by Amazon sales. What if we offer a free ebook with every purchase? Well, that gives us a competitive leg up on everybody. Buy this rub, buy this sauce, get a free ebook. So we are doing that. We've got a little. QR code is it on this bottle here? Yeah, there's a QR code there. Yes. And if you scan, God, I, you know you're the right camera. There. Yeah, we got it. There you go. If you scan the QR code, you'll you'll get a free ebook. <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool. Um, and uh, we've settled on three rubs. Nothing fancy. Not uh, what are some of? Hey, I got a. I love Sterling Ball and Big Papa. And I love the cl- the clever names he's got, but we're not using um, uh, happy money ending. or happy ending. <laughs> what does that mean? It's their their pork rub, poultry rub, and red meat rub. That's all they have. Very simple, straightforward, descriptive, um, and uh, um, they're good. They're based upon the rub recipes that we published on the website 
with one very big difference and then another minor difference. The very big difference is, is anybody who follows AmazingRibs.com knows that I have made a big deal out of don't put salt in your rubs. That salt behaves differently than all the herbs and spices, and salt can actually penetrate deep into the meat. Uh, garlic, paprika, all that other stuff cannot. The molecule's too large. Salt is just sodium and chloride and two um, atoms, and they ionize, they get an electrical charge, and they can go deep into the meat. But sugar is 23 atoms. It's huge. It can get into some of the pores and cracks and crevices, but it can't go more than a 16th or an eighth of an inch below the surface. And, and think about it, every time you make pulled pork, that bark is fantastic. It's full of flavor. That's where your rub is. But when you get down into the center of that pulled pork, it's just pulled pork. Right. Uh, it doesn't even have smoke flavor. The smoke doesn't penetrate. The only thing that can get down there is salt. So I've made a big deal about you apply the salt beforehand, a cup, you know, overnight or a day before and give it a chance to penetrate. And then, well, you just can't get, you can't compete price-wise because all the rubs on the shelf are full of salt. Uh, Some of them are 50% salt and salt's cheap. So that makes the the end product really inexpensive. If you try to come out with a rub that is all herbs and spices and no salt, you'd be by far the most expensive one on the shelf. And there's no matter what you say on the side label, you can't explain. Look at folks. We know it's expensive because it doesn't have salt in it. It's just not going to fly. You can't market that. So I've broken down and we've put salt in the uh, in in the blends, but we're finessing it. Um, and, and, and I know people out there are going to call me uh, uh, f- phony, uh, phony baloney, but um we're finessing it with the fine print. Can you see? Seasoning and dry rub? So seasoning and dry brine. Oh, dry brine. Yes. All right. Seasoning and dry brine. That's the salt part. It's a dry brine. And I explain on the side label that you want to add it in advance so the salt has a chance to penetrate. So we're trying to finesse the idea that there's salt in there um, uh, when we've uh, made a big deal about their... There shouldn't be, um, but it works, um, and the blends are good. We're, we're, they're different than the recipes on the website. They have to be, otherwise, why buy it? And one of the things that's different is is most of them are smoked. We have smoked the ingredients, so you've got smoked paprika, you got some smoked garlic, you got smoked pepper, and they have a really nice smoky smell and flavor. And then the sauces. Um, so it's interesting when you. When you do this process, you create a recipe and like um, I have a recipe for a sauce that uses raspberry jelly. Um, they're not going to put raspberry jelly in a, in a sauce. Right. It's too expensive and they have to buy it from Smuckers or someplace. So you have to reformulate for stuff that they, for ingredients they have and you've got to communicate with them back and forth. Okay, what ingredients do you have? What smoked ingredients do you have? And then they send you samples. And we've gone through three sets of rubs uh, to get to the, we're waiting for the final set. 
We think we've nailed it, and sometime this week we should be getting the final set of the rubs, and they should be just what we want, and we can lock it down. But we've gone through um, three or four iterations of the rubs uh, to taste. And now, you know, if, if it was just me, they could just send it to me. But I've got uh, four or five key people around, the, and Dave, Dave uh, Joachim, our editor, is in Pennsylvania. Husky, who runs the Pitmaster Clubs in Michigan. Um, Jim, my webmaster, who's got a great palate, is uh, a few hours from me here. Max is also a few hours from me here. Um, and so we, we have to have them ship samples to us, and we have to have Zoom meetings to discuss, okay, I tried it on a pork chop the other day. And so it's been a really fun process of tasting and fine tuning. Oh, and Clint, of course, is in on it. Clint Cantwell, he's in Memphis. So it's it's a Zoom uh, internet um, collaboration to create these flavor profiles, and we're we're very close now. We're working on the on the sauces, um, and we're working with the label designer. And uh, uh, with luck, we'll have these two sauces, three rubs ready to be distributed on the market in um, probably late March or early April. And they'll go primarily to um, um, barbecue stores and hardware stores, not groceries. One of the things we've learned is that the grocery store market is just hellacious. Getting placement on grocery store shelves, you've got a lot of palms to grease, um and so i'm just learning a lot and i'm happy if you want on a regular basis to share what i'm learning in case there's somebody out there who wants to follow in our path um but it it, it's a fascinating fun and treacherous process yeah i think we want to keep on that because uh at this point you are you know in the easiest part, uh, where the part that you have most control, now is the time where you're going to have to start turning it over and selling it and recouping costs. Well, I mean, what are you in right now from a from a cost start startup? Very little. Um, uh, the um, uh, Old World Spices is working on the come right now. Um, we have a contract, um, so I, I right now the only outlay I have is uh, to the label designer. And um, uh, they're not cheap. I'm working with a good artist who is doing what I asked. And I, I've paid him about five grand so far. And uh, we're pretty sure it will cost about seven grand by the time we're done with the basic label design for all products. All right. So we'll get another update when we revisit there in February. So sounds like things are going uh, mostly smoothly at the moment. And uh, so far, so good. Now, there's been a little stumbling block with the sauces, and uh, um, uh, I'll, I'll let you know how that turns out next month. All right, we'll do that. In the meantime, you can check out Meathead over at AmazingRibs.com and find him on some social media channels as well. And, of course, you find him on the second Tuesday of the month right here on the show. Meathead, always appreciate the time, and we will see you in February. Greg, always good talking to you, and I'm glad to be in 2021 with you. No doubt. And uh, good luck to your Browns and uh, to all of you Centralites. All right. There he is, Meathead from Amazing Ribs, right there on this show.
You find them here on the second Tuesday of every month. That's right. So it sounds like the sauces are more or less dialed in. And, I'm sorry, the rubs are more or less dialed in. And then we'll see what happens with the sauces next month. We'll see. All right. Let me talk to you quickly about B&B Charcoal. Also one of the newer sponsors of the show. Providing lump charcoal, briquette charcoal, wood pellets. We are probably going to be talking about that next week with Ed Riley. I believe I have him at the 935 segment next week, actually. So looking forward to talking with him. Now remember, B&B started out back in the early 60s. I think it was 1962, 1965, somewhere along these lines. They have been owned and operated. I believe they're starting in their third generation. It might be uh, just the second generation of ownership at this point. But they started out as a lump company. Then, realizing that they had the uh, charred dust laying around after they had made their lump charcoal, they decided to get into making the briquette product. And then there was actually some fines left over from the briquette process. And then they swooped all those up, put them through an extruding process, and that's how you make your char logs, which I am a huge fan of. So whatever the fuel source, and at this point it's still tough to find everything everywhere, so if you have an Ace store that you are frequenting, make friends with the manager, as I tell you, and then ask about all the stuff that they might have if they don't have it in-store specifically then tell them to go online. Uh, there's a lot of general warehousing access that they should be able to ship in from and get you the stuff that you're looking for. And then, of course, tell everybody that you know about B&B, especially if they have the charcoal cookers or if they have a pellet cooker. That's very popular now. We'll continue to grow into 2021. And we'll talk to Ed about those pellets next week. And again, you know, if you're a consistency and a, I want to know if I add X amount of briquettes, I'm uh, or X amount of fuel, I'm getting this much heat increase. Briquettes are more your style. If you're a little more fly by the seat of your pants or you know you want the high heat, lump should be more your game. And if you want something that gives you that lump access, but then will burn forever, those char logs are going to be something you're definitely going to want to try. I use them to actually supplement my wood splits when I'm running the lang to keep that coal, bread, uh, coal bed robust. BBCharcoal.com. That's BBCharcoal.com. And we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. This segment brought to you by Fireboard 2 and the Fireboard 2 Drive and the Fireboard 2 Pro. The thermocouple version, six different temperatures simultaneously monitoring. You can connect through Wi-Fi, cloud-based monitoring. Fireboard.com, 816-945-2232. That's right. All right, we are getting ready to head to the second hour. Thanks again to Meathead for joining me for the last two segments. Looking forward to some monthly updates now from his sauce and rub venture. Again, I was a little skeptical waiting this long to get into it, but it sounds like the lady at Old World Spices 
has championed Meathead's cause, and they are well on the way uh, March or April for retail. So we'll check it out. I'll step away, refresh libations, and I will see you in about two minutes. Stick around. We'll be right back.